and welcome to the Whole Self Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Hughes, a holistic mentor, human design guide, and well-being advocate obsessed with all things health, wellness, self-healing, spiritual growth, and mindful living. I believe true well-being is only possible when we start to look at our whole selves, how we feed our bodies, how we move, how we think, feel, how we connect and realign with our inner selves. My intention with this podcast is to create space to explore all of that with you. Expect soulful, expansive conversations to inspire you on your journey back to your whole self. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Whole Self Podcast. I hope everyone is doing really, really well. I am coming to you during my first week of my Christmas holidays. I have decided, as you know, if you've listened to past podcast episodes, I've decided to take six weeks um, for a break over Christmas, which um, started this week. And it feels really good. It feels really good to actually intentionally take time. Um, It's weird, isn't it, that we, even when we take... I don't know whether anyone else feels like this, but even when we take time off, like if we have a weekend away or, um, I don't know, we just decide to take a week out of our job or um, responsibilities that we have, whatever, like we decide to take a week for ourselves. I think unless we are intentionally using that time, sometimes the time just disappears, right? So we, we take, we decide to take a week maybe away from social media or a week off work or whatever it is. And the week just disappears before you even know, before you even notice. And what I really wanted to do with this time off was to just make it really intentional. So I have, I have planned my six weeks off in in a sense, um, to make sure I get the most out of the time that I'm, that I'm taking off. My whole intention behind having these six weeks was to really, really practice embodiment of, of what I, why preach about. And the reason I need to do that is because sometimes I get so sucked into sharing all of this stuff, um, sharing all of this, um, you know, purposeful living and holistic living and and I talk about it and in that in that quest to share that with everybody as much as possible, I sometimes have to remind myself to reconnect with the practice myself in my own personal life. It's very easy that we get swept up in things, right? Even when we're talking about um even when we're talking about mindful living and intentional living, holistic um health it's, even if that is the thing that we talk about, it's still very easy to get caught up in that to a point where you are disconnected from it yourself. And so my intention with this time is to just really reconnect with that and reconnect with all of the things that I have, um, that I've learned this year, all the things that I have incorporated into my life this year and really just practice embodying it really practice embodying what I preach for the next six weeks and within that time hopefully 
naturally a um a plan for my year next year will unveil itself this is my intention this is my hope that rather than sitting down and and forcing a vision for 2022 I kind of want it to unravel and I want it to unfold and the only way I can do that is to really bed into the things that I know help me um and and I things I know help me reconnect back to myself and it's already happening like I already feel like as I've intentionally moved into um into this time things have already started coming through about how I want to shape what I do next year how things are going to change and um yeah there's some exciting things that that feel like they're bubbling under the surface so more of that will be revealed um as as the next six weeks go on. And then hopefully as of 2022, I will come back refreshed and with loads of exciting things to share with you and offer um, to my community. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope, I hope that you are all taking that time. And if you aren't, I actually invite you now to think about how you can use this last how long have we got left of 2021 three weeks maybe this last three weeks of 2021 intentionally for you like how can you incorporate more self-connection and self-exploration into the next three weeks to really start 2022 in a really connected and embodied and intentional way I feel like I've said the word intentional a lot in the last five minutes so um you can clearly see what my theme for the end of this year is and probably my whole theme for 2022. But anyway, I, yeah, more of that will be um, shared with you over the coming weeks. And if you're not on my newsletter, then get on my newsletter because that will be where I will be sharing a lot over the next, over the next few weeks. So today I have a great episode to share with you. I'm talking to Emma Newland, who is a yoga teacher, uh, Ayurvedic therapist, massage therapist. Her list of skills just goes beyond. She is my Ayurveda teacher. And Ayurveda is not something that I've introduced yet to this podcast and this space. Um, It's something that I talk about on Instagram, probably not as much as I would like to and not as much as I will be doing it in the future. Um, but Ayurveda has been a big part of my life for the last, um, definitely for the last four years, maybe a little bit longer. Um, and I came to Ayurveda through yoga, having practiced yoga for, oh God, maybe 15 years. Um, and Ayurveda was something that kind of naturally came on my radar through through my yoga practice um and it was actually um a yoga teacher that I had maybe maybe five or six years ago that suggested I look into Ayurveda more because I was dealing with um digestive issues so Ayurveda kind of came on my radar around that time and it was, there were, there were certain things, certain principles and practices that I adapted way back then. And then when I was diagnosed three and a half years ago, it was just naturally something that I felt 
I connected to on a deep level. So it would be something that would really help me in my, um, in my journey and in my health, um, practices. So I dove into Ayurveda a lot more and began studying and practicing. And that has just continued over the last couple of years. And it's, it's really helped me in so many ways. And it's a ancient wisdom that I deeply, deeply connect to. So after incorporating Ayurveda into my own life and doing a lot of self-study over the last couple of years and um, my own research and practice, I decided to do a training this year and it was Emma's Ayurveda training that I did, um, which was amazing. And that's why I felt like the best person to introduce you to Ayurveda would be Emma. Emma has an extensive knowledge and is someone who really embodies what she teaches. She is a yoga teacher and a holistic therapist with many different specialties, obviously including Ayurveda and ancient wisdom as a whole, massage, sound healing, acupressure, breathwork, the list goes on. She has so much in her repertoire. Um, she's also a well-being and health coach and works with people one-on-one and does a lot of workshops and courses around Ayurveda and holistic health. And she is a writer and shares a lot of her work on yoga blogs like Yoga Matters, Eckhart Yoga, and I will link those below so that you can go and have a look at Emma's work. And I will link her website below as well because she has so much resource on there as well. In this episode, obviously we talk about Ayurveda in general, but we also talk specifically about winter and how you can really support yourself from an Ayurvedic perspective. So hopefully this will give you some great tips on how to support yourself through this season. And if this is something that you are interested in, then let me know and send me a message or review this episode so that I know that this is something that you want to hear more about. Ayurveda will be coming much more to the forefront of my own practice and what I share next year and will be incorporated a lot more into the way that I work with people. So if this is something that you feel really called to dive into, then stay tuned because there is a lot more coming. And with that, I am going to hand you over to this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, Emma, welcome to the Whole Self Podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to dive into all things Ayurveda with you today. And we're going to be talking um, a bit more specifically about winter season as well and how to support ourselves. So I think it's going to be super helpful for people, especially at this time of year. Um, I would love to just kick us off by you introducing yourself and letting us know who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm Emma Newlin. Um, and I guess I always say there's like three uh, uh, parts or three prongs to what I do. So um, I've been teaching yoga for about almost 10 years. So that sort of that is like a main bulk of what I do and where a lot of things come from um I'm also a writer so I write for a lot of um online blogs and magazines on well-being and stuff like that um and I also work as a as a therapist using a lot of Ayurvedic um kind of knowledge um but I combine that with a lot of other holistic health techniques amazing yeah there's so much 
Um, I know when I contacted you, when I was writing the um, the email to you before this, I was like, there's so much stuff that I know that you can cover. So hopefully we're going to just like scratch the surface of it in the next hour. But I know there's like, there's so many different arms to the knowledge that you have. So I'm excited to dive into it. Um, do you want to just, it'd be really interesting to know like how you started on this journey. Yeah, sure. Do you want the long story? <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the medium one. Um, okay, so I think I feel like this um, is quite a, a maybe a bit of like a cliche way of a, that a lot of people come into yoga and stuff like that. So I grew up with um, parents who were already into like meditation and things like that, um, and like living in a, a house with lots of crystals around and things like that. So I did a lot of meditation when I was younger. So that kind of world I'm very comfortable in. So there's nothing that seems weird to me about anything like that. So I was brought up with weirdness all around me. Um, and my parents were also into a lot of, um, in, into self-development quite a lot. So I was exposed a lot of the time to um, uh, lots of different forms of self-development, whether that be breath work or um, uh, really trans deep transformational courses, things like that. So it was just always around me. Um, but that doesn't mean that I didn't experience issues. So when I was in my late teens, um, I was at university studying music and a lot, it was like performance music. So we we're on stage a lot of the time and it was literally, you were in the music industry. So we were like working with people who are now in the charts who are famous music people so um it and it was really very clear I don't know if that's what it's like now but back then it was really very clear that what you look like mattered a lot um and I yeah and I felt a lot of pressure from that so there I was studying guitar um and there were only three girls in my in our my kind of year group at university studying guitar as well so we all got a lot of attention um, and if you want to be like a, a session musician or if you want to, you know, if you see programs like the X Factor or whatever, and they've got a yeah. band up there, playing, a lot of people get picked for that from universities like oh, the one I went okay. to. Um, yeah. Or you get into the industry that way. And a lot of it is, unfortunately, to do with how you look. So your image is really important. Um, and I think I, or I had it in me. I had the potential to go down this path anyway, but that kind of triggered me to kind of fall into having a really bad relationship mm. with my body um so the classic like under eating or like not eating um restricting everything just trying to control because I was I've always been like a really shy person I don't think anyone's talking about now very shy so I think the only way to control how I felt others perceived me was how yeah. I looked um so yeah and I'm sure a lot of people can yes. resonate with that it's, it's so funny um, yes, so uh, that's that. And then when, so that kind of carried on for quite a long time. And then when I finished university, I moved back home. And I remember my mum saying to me one day, um, come to a yoga class with me. Because um, I'd already done the, the meditation side of yoga, but not the physical bit before. And I thought, well, that's not going to be a very good workout. Mm-hmm. A yoga class. <laughs> I went to it and I kept going. And something started to shift like I suddenly felt like um uh it it wasn't like a a light bulb moment the first time I went it wasn't like oh I've suddenly transcended Mm. and I feel great it was just a gradual build-up of oh I actually want to help my body feel Mm. stronger um and there was so much in the classes about um 
about how you felt and there's nothing about how you looked. And I think being around other women who were probably like middle-aged women yeah. at that point, it was just felt nurturing. Um, so yeah, and then kept up with that. And then I remember saying back to mum one day, um, I, I want to help people the way that yoga has helped me. Um, and so I went to do a teach training course. And the big thing I remember them saying was, we take it really seriously that you must be physically and mentally well enough to come on this course. And I thought, God, I don't look very well. So they're not gonna let me on it. Um, so that really pushed me to think, okay, I have to have to feed myself. I have to relax enough yeah. to be in. So it's, this is the classic thing that comes up a lot in, in therapy and stuff is you sometimes quite a lot of the time you have to want something more than where you are right now. So example, if someone has like um, an addiction or like if they, I don't know, something silly, like if they smoke. So you, it's not easy to just say, okay, just stop, just stop and everything will be right. You have to want something else yeah. more. So you have to put it into space. So finally I wanted something else more um, and did the teach training. And now it's 10 years later, I'm still learning all the time. <laughs> how to just do it. <laughs> but um yeah that's where it started from which I feel like is probably what a, it I think a lot of other people probably will have some sense to be able to relate yeah to I think that's probably as well I mean correct me if I'm wrong but I know from my experience that is when you when you come to um any of these practices from that place of needing something more that's kind of where you end up going down a rabbit hole and just never kind of stopping and always learning isn't it I think mm. I think there's yeah you can kind of come at these things from two different angles and I think definitely what I'm noticing at the moment is like yoga and like holistic therapy in general has become quite you know like the wellness industry has become quite popular and I think there's a tendency to really like to find something kind of interesting in the moment um but it's like you say, like if if you're doing it for that reason of like you want something more, it's almost like you can't stop. Like you just you just keep going and finding yeah. new things because you kind of become yeah. it is like, um, yeah, it's like this never ending quest to just help yourself. And I think it's, it's interesting what you said about like having that moment, that shift moment where you're like. I want better for myself. Like I want to feel good. Like when you notice that things start to make you feel good, it's like that feeling is like, it's like, it just creates this momentum, right? Of just like wanting to just like do as many things as you can to, to keep yourself well. Yes. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just recently from, cause I tend to, I have, even now I get very low blood pressure, very low blood sugar. And so if I'm not like, looking after myself properly if I'm pushing myself too hard getting really stressed not eating at the right times then I will really feel faint and awful I can't do anything so even just in the last few weeks like being like okay no you need to do things properly really sort yourself out just make sure you feel grounded stable like even from that it's it like you said it's like this it sets something in motion where you're like okay so how good can I feel yeah yeah it's Um, like yeah. yeah it is that it's yeah, it's just, I don't want to use the word addictive because I, th- I think, I don't think it is like an addiction in that way, but it is just this, um, I don't know. I think you kind of start to feel really excited about it. That's how I feel. It's like, every time I discover something new, I'm just like, oh, what can this do for me? Like, it's kind of a, it's a really, like, it makes it exciting. 
um yes yeah to to kind of to do all of these things so how how did that um because like I said before this before we started recording Ayurveda isn't something that I have introduced yet to the people that listen to this podcast it's something that I've maybe alluded to in the past but I haven't um really delved into it so um can you I know that's obviously a big part of what you do and you are my Ayurveda teacher as well um so I'd love you to introduce Ayurveda and just tell us I know that this is when I whenever I ask these questions I'm like oh my god this is like such a broad question I'm just like tell us what Ayurveda is in three minutes but like yeah if you could just introduce us to um to what Ayurveda is and how and how you kind of led to that from from starting with you know a yoga practice Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a big question, but it's, it, we can we can get there. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, so so briefly, I got into Ayurveda because I started uh, going to a class with an amazing um, teacher who she's not like a big fancy famous person, not trendy. She's just a lo- amazing like local teacher, um, and she and she naturally something how she organically became like my mentor. Um, I spent, she's like the real deal. Like I spent a lot of time with her. She spent a lot of time in India learning the real stuff um, from real people. And I just have never met anyone so authentic and Mm. deeply the real stuff, you know? Um, So yeah, so I I spent a lot of time with her learning all these things naturally um, and also have done courses as well, but that is really where Mm. it started. So Ayurveda, um, just to give a little interest, Ayurveda is a lot of people might have heard of it as the science of life. Uh, It can also be known as the knowledge of longevity. Um, And a lot of people say it's like the sister science of yoga because whereas yoga traditionally is your spiritual practice, Ayurveda is about your body and your lifestyle. Even though yoga has postures, it is traditionally about Mm -hmm. your spiritual practice. Um, So the word comes from, I'm a very big word geek. So the word comes from um, Aya or Ayas, which means life or like a, a long life and uh, Veda, which means knowledge. So the Vedas are a collection of uh, very old, old texts, like thousands of years old, um, that are said to hold the original yoga teachings. So lots of rituals um, and lots of, um, some of the, the texts were even sung in like a, in harmony, in specific harmonies for hymns is really mm. incredible. Um, and the Ayurveda was like a what's called an Upaveda, which is like an extra one, like a small, a little extra one <laughs> on the end. Um, you can think of it like the original self-help lifestyle book. So it just tells, and it's all about guiding the reader how to, to live a long and healthy life, literally. Um, and similar to Chinese medicine, they actually have quite a lot of similarities and they came about at roughly the same time. Um, it does give a lot of information on um, diet, on lifestyle, on herbs, on um, pregnancy, old age, birth, um, and also how to live a lot with the seasons, which we'll, we'll go into in a bit. Um, yeah, so I think Ayurveda is really popular today because because of, of how popular mm. yoga is. Um, and when people want to learn more, and so is there something else to, to yoga apart from what I'm doing in this class? A lot of the time Ayurveda is something that comes mm. up um yeah mm. yeah. yeah it's in Brief. I think that's how that's definitely how I found Ayurveda as well was through yoga and it was through um I was like 
actually at the time was having digestive issues and it was recommended to me by a yoga teacher to kind of look into how I could support myself in in that way um yeah it's I think it's interesting what you say about how Ayurveda looks at and I think this is what is appealing especially to so many people at the moment is that it is about so much more than just um a diet or um or exercise it is it is like the ultimate in my opinion the ultimate kind of holistic healthcare system like it literally looks at everything right and it's really it's important it's what we how we feed our mind is just as important as how we feed our body so it's it is like a it's a 360 approach isn't it to to holistic health yeah completely yes exactly so there's um there's never just what are the personal I feel is there's never just one answer if we have if we have a problem so like you were saying digestive problem could be the food you're eating it could be an immune response it could be um something to do with something in your mind it could be toxins around you anything um and if we really want to help people feel well or if you just want to feel well in yourself I don't think there's just one one thing to focus on we, we all like to imagine oh, there's a magic mm-hmm. pill or a magic supplement that could so what what kind of um you know for someone say that did have digestive issues or any anything that um someone came to you like any issue that someone came to you with like what what kind of things apart from like a supplement what other things does ayurveda offer like how would how do you kind of like look at um illnesses and you know afflictions I guess mm-hmm. yep um so uh, Ayurveda, Ayurveda kind of um defines health as a, a balance of all three doshas and doshas are so basically doshas are the three the, so much doshas. <laughs> doshas, there, are, there are three main doshas in Ayurveda and dosha um it basically refers this is not very this is not massively correct way of using the word but the word dosha basically refers and the way we use it to your mind body type so briefly the one dosha is the pitta dosha and this refers to a person who is perhaps more fiery um a little bit more in uh, they might be a bit more irritable argumentative um but then they also might be very direct so that they know what they want and they're going to get it and they're good um they're good at achieving things doing things um, but they have this underlying fieriness about them. And uh, so these people are uh, governed by the elements of fire and water. So that can be a bit confusing because they're kind of opposite elements. But I like to think of it like as an acidic bubbling pot of something. So anyone who is a pitter person who has a real fieriness about them will will know how mm. that feels. Um, so that they're always ready to, to explode. I've just, had, I've just had an um, image of lava in my mind like it's kind of like that isn't it exactly. yeah like that bubbling yes heat. yes yeah yes yeah yeah um yeah I mean in terms of even lava like where it moves pitta the pitta energy has like a directional movement so they're very focused on what they want and they are moving towards it even if it destroys everything <laughs> in their way um so yeah okay um and then second dosha or another one is a uh, vata uh, so this dosha is governed by the elements of air and ether. And uh, when a vata person is in a good 
balanced place. They tend to be creative. Um, they have a lightness about them. So they tend to be quite lighthearted. They don't take things too seriously. Um, but when this energy gets excessive, or what we call an imbalance, and this is what can lead to illness, having an imbalance or an excessiveness of a certain dosha, the person might feel um, all these emotions that can be associated with too much air and space, like anxiety, feeling ungrounded, dry skin, um, dry hair, weak joints, getting tired easily. So I always think of a Vata type person as um, they haven't got any boundaries. So they, their energy just goes, just can go. Um, and in terms of boundaries, they tend to find it difficult to set boundaries as well. So they just let other people come in and take what they want and go. And yeah, so not much structure. And again, I'm sure a lot of people I mean, can rest. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding along because you know that I am like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I resonate with that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so they're very creative and you can tell what is so interesting. So you can tell at least physically what a person's dosha is by looking at them. So vast people tend to be um, either quite tall or quite small and um, quite slender. Um, and you can tell a lot by a person's hands as well. So vast people have long fingers and like you do, they talk yeah. with their hands a lot. So that's <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, it's very it's funny to go to the pub and watch people. Um, so the, then the third one is um, the Kappa dosha. So this dosha is governed by the elements of earth and earth and water. Um, and it's, as the name suggests, it's very kind of um, grounded, earthy, uh, stable. And these kind of people, when they're in a good state, they tend to be grounded, stable. Um, they love routines. They love to be very methodical and they're very homely and, and almost motherly. Um, so in that sense that they're very, I mean, they're lovely to be around, they're very comforting. But when it gets excessive, that groundedness can turn into heaviness and lethargy and even depression. And they they have a sense of... Um, so the kappa energy in our bodies is the things, the thing that sticks everything together and holds everything up. So if you think if that becomes excessive, it can turn into sticking things together in terms of attachment. They tend to get emotionally attached to things or they hold grudges or they tend to live in the past. Whereas Vata people tend to be anxious about the future. Um, and then Pitta type people tend to be a little bit better about the present because they're just so focused and determined on what they're doing there and then. So that's a very brief overview of all three. Yeah. So what you, when, when someone comes to you with, with an issue that they have, what you're looking at is what their dosha is and how you keep that in balance. Right. Yes. Sorry. I should ask the question. <laughs> um, yes. So when, yeah. So if someone comes to me and what I do is I combine, well, could maybe go into submit, but I combine Ayurveda with other things so for example um another thing that's very trendy at the moment ancestral health kind of stuff like looking at um how we evolved um what our ancestors ate depending on where you come from on the planet what's going to be the best diet for you um because we have to think like this is my personal opinion so uh ayurveda comes from india a lot of the information the knowledge in ayurveda is still rooted in India so if you read any of the ancient texts they're talking about the seasons and the foods um, and the climate in India and if we try and like squeeze ourselves into kind of trying to fit it into our English privileged <laughs> lives then um, it's not it doesn't always make sense so the thing is it's not you're not going to give someone what they need by trying to I feel 
just give them Ayurvedic knowledge. So what I tend to do is combine it with other stuff, um, with, with Western herbalism um, and also uh, philosophy um, as well. But also just I work um, as a health coach as well. There's always modern knowledge that's coming up, even like scientific research. Um, that I, yeah, just massive geek. And I love combining mm-hmm. all these things. So yeah, so if someone comes to me, I would start off by, I would do a, like a dosha test with them to find out what is their dosha. And your dosha is, is what you're born born as. You We have a dosha that is set at birth. So perhaps someone is born as a pitta type person um, and they, they are always going to be a pitta type person. But just like the weather changes all the time, sometimes their emotions and their physical state can change if they accumulate too much of another dosha. So we can all go out of balance. So if someone came to me and, for example, if they had um, acid reflux um, and acne um, and they had sore eyes, these all quite inflammatory things and quite hot um, illnesses. So illnesses and stuff. So I would I would assume that they have a pitta, that fiery imbalance, too much of that energy. And then knowing that, I would then look at, okay, what does Ayurveda say about this? What does other stuff say about this? Um, And how can they come back into balance? Because at the end of the day, it's about coming into balance for what your body's natural state of balance Mm. is. I think that's really interesting as well, because it's, it is, what I really like is that it recognizes the fact that there are, there are, you know, there are qualities that we all have naturally and that's okay. Like rather than trying to kind of like cure everything, like, you know, like to accept the fact that actually you like for me for example it is natural that I will feel anxiety sometimes like it's kind of it's it's kind of who I am so it's not I think sometimes we we want to kind of cure everything that we see as negative and just like leave ourselves like completely empty and like complete robots and actually it's it's a really nice way to accept who you are and see what qualities are out of balance for you rather than just trying to kind of um yeah rather than just trying to try trying to kind of get rid of everything it's like it's working with who you are and what you were like what qualities you were born with right yes completely Um, yeah massive and this this is again another something that can really help to cultivate a better relationship with our bodies and with who, with who we are. Cause living with this knowledge of Ayurveda, it's, it gives me so much more compassion for myself and for other people as well. So, um, so on the, Oh, I do that because, because I'm like that. Um, and the word dosha actually means fault. So it doesn't mean we've all got something wrong with us, but it, your dosha is what makes you different from someone else. Um, and a really key thing is to, to, yeah, it's that thing of getting back into your natural state of balance. You are supposed to be different from yeah. other people. Um, we're not all supposed to have um, the same body size. We're not all supposed to think the same because the world wouldn't work if we all thought the same. We all need different qualities yeah. about us. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's, um, they, all of the doshas work together, don't they? So it's like, we need, we need all, we need people from every dosha, like not just we don't we can't all just be the same because we literally to make the world to make the world work we need all of those different energies and those different qualities to work together yes yeah yeah if you think if you think of like a team so uh say like there's a group of people and they're going to um start a new project so the vast type person will come up with the ideas they'd be like oh should we do this should we do this and they're like kind of be the ideas creative person 
the pitta type person will start putting things into action. They turn ideas and they, they into action, they manifest things. Um, and the kappa type person will be the one who looks after everyone and is the overseer and makes the tea and coffee and gives everyone cake. Um, when we need those people a lot. So yeah, so there, so we need this balance of all three. That's how things work. So it's how things in nature work as well. Our bodies, we all have different aspects of the doshas in us. So I'll just say, so our digestive system, this is a really good example. So um, when we eat food, we have a lot of, um, this is not a very nice word, but we have a lot of mucus um, covering our, our mouths, our, our um, esophagus, our stomach lining and our intestines. And that is a kappa quality. It's the protective quality. And it allows things to kind of slide through. We also have peristalsis, which is the movement of the digestive system, which kind of squeezes all the food down. And that's a vast quality because it's movement and it's squeezing things. Um, and we also have the pitta element of our digestion, which is the stomach acid and the thing that breaks food up. So even in our bodies, we need that good balance of all three. And too much of one is not going to end well. And it's um, it's also relevant to the times of day and the times of year, which um, so that like this leads really nicely into talking about kind of seasonal health and how we can look after ourselves because the the doshas are relevant to different times of day, aren't they? Yes, yeah. So each time of day, um, if you have ever seen like a the Chinese medicine um, clock, so they they reason that every part of the day is governed by a specific organ. So sometime between I don't know, is it like one, three, or something? It's your liver that is um, working the most. And you can kind of tell if you have a certain symptom at a certain time of day, which organ might be involved. So the same with the doshas. So each uh, few hours of the day is governed by a certain dosha, which means that a certain energy is more is um, more dominant. So for example, um, the hours between uh, 2 a.m. and 6 a.m., are governed by the vata dosha. And if we remember, vata is all about lightness, um, movement. Um, and so this time of day is very supportive of waking up. So maybe just before sunrise or something, depending on what time of year it is. So shift with the sun. Um, and it's very conducive to meditation, to your morning like bathroom stuff, like moving, eliminating stuff out of you. Um, and it's that very light time of day. Um, whereas the late morning, I know people don't think late, yeah. like between <laughs> six and 10. <laughs> late. Um, so that's governed uh, by the Kappa dosha, which is that more earthy energy. So you, you might, people might recognize that if you snooze or you lay in late, you feel a bit more heavy and lethargic when you get up because you haven't woken up in that light t- t- time of day. Um, and then just one more. So the middle of the day between 10 and 2. If we think this is usually when the sun is highest in the sky, and this is when the time of day governed by the pitta dosha, so that kind of fiery energy. Um, so it, you would do certain things at different times of day. So it's always recommended in Ayurveda to eat your biggest meal in the middle of the day because that pitta fiery energy supports stronger digestion. Mm. Um, yeah. Whereas later in the evening, between like six and ten, again that's governed by the heavy Cappadocia. So we don't necessarily want to be having lots of big foods. Then. And do you know what's interesting? I find is that when I start talking to people about Ayurveda, a lot of the things. Um, a lot of the things that that are recommended within Ayurveda are things that we we know and we do kind of natural yeah. like they're things that we already know and it's like you know like there's 
so many people talk about like not eating after 6 p.m. And it's like, well, actually, like that makes a lot of sense, you know, or not eating like a heavy meal after 6 p.m. It's like it's something that we we always I don't know, we we just know it because it's come through a different channel, maybe. Um, or even when like that, I think that example of when you wake up naturally in the morning, but we think it's too early to get up. So we snooze yeah. and then our alarm goes at, we're like, oh no, I couldn't possibly get up at six. Even though I've woken up naturally and I feel awake, it's too early for me to get out of bed. So I'm just going to snooze. And then you wake up when your alarm goes off at half eight and you're like, my God, I'm knackered. Like, yes. and even like, even in the evening when you get that second wind, like I get that a lot. Like I start to kind of like, I feel like I'm naturally falling asleep. And I'm like, no, I really want to stay up and watch this thing on TV. And then you kind of wake up again and you're like, ah. And I think we know, we know these things, like just in how we live our life. Um, So it's interesting when you actually look at Ayurveda and think there's actually a a reason for that. Like it actually makes a lot of sense. So it, it, it almost makes you realize how simple, how simple some of these things are to, to implement into your life. It's not, they aren't hard things to do like the, yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, uh, because it's so ancient, this knowledge, it is based on observing observing the real stuff, nature, the times of day, the movement of the sun and the moon. So it's it works because it's yeah. true. Um, and I feel like, <laughs> it works. And I feel like you can trust you can trust these ancient teachings because they're true and because they're real and they work. So yeah, exactly. Sometimes when I'm teaching this stuff, I feel like I feel a bit stupid saying it because like obviously everyone knows these things it's like it's love for remembering um and especially when it comes to uh seasonal health and things like that again it's when we when we learn about it it's it really is like oh yeah so much more of the stuff in terms of living with a sense of being guided by ayurveda or just nature it's much more about um uh doing less than doing more so it, it is very simple but our the way we live our lives a lot of the time overcomplicate yeah. stuff um yeah, yeah I think that's it I, I say that to so many people and I'm like it's actually when we simplify and we simplify what we're trying to do it's like we've created this problem for ourselves where we now need to try and find we're always like trying to find something more to fix to fix the kind of chaos that we've created. And actually it's really about like cycling back to just like strip it all down and simplify it and, and things will probably be a lot easier. Um, so there's a couple of, I, we, I want to talk to you about winter and like, and season like seasonal living and how we can support ourselves through winter. But first of all, like what, um, what are some, really simple ways that we can incorporate Ayurveda into our lives like what are the some of the kind of the basic recommendations I guess um like morning routine and things like that yeah yeah um so it's a lot so a lot of people think Ayurveda is all about eating beans and lentils and stuff that which doesn't work for everyone um, and you definitely don't have to do that. So in terms of a daily routine, if you follow the energies of the day, it would be waking up as close to sunrise as you can. So either just before or at sunrise. Um, 
doing something in the morning that allows for stillness and calmness. So it might be like five minutes breathing, might be a 20 minute meditation, something that allows you to start the day in a calm way rather than rushing around. Um, and the uh, then moving into that kind of later part of the morning, it would be to do some sort of movement. So that kappa energy can be quite heavy. So the late morning is a time to do something that stimulates and awakens your senses. It might be exercise, it might be a walk outside. Um, so something to help your body wake up. And I, the times of day, um, in terms of Ayurveda, they're all based on our hormones. So I will talk about this in a moment because it's my obsession. <laughs> but when we when we view sunlight in the morning, this has a massive impact on our hormones and our mood and every system in our body. So I've had reasons that we should be doing something in the morning that allows us to go outside and view the sunlight because that's going to also support a better night's sleep later. Um, yeah. And then the middle of the day. So trying to do so between like 10 and two, that pitta energy supports us to do the bulk of what we need to do that day. So we look at your to do list. The most challenging things that you need the most brain power for and the most motivation would be to do them in the middle of the day um, because you've got this fiery energy to support you um, and also eating a biggest meal then. Or if you have a food that's hard to digest, it would be to have that in the middle of the day as well. Um, and then the afternoon, we have this vata, this light energy coming up again. So we can uh, allow this energy to support us by doing more creative things or just kind of letting ourselves work on like a, a, pro, a side project mm -hmm. where we have. Um, but if you are a vast type person, you're feeling quite drained and tired. This is also a good time of day to have a nap because we want to work with the energy of the doshas to support us, but we want to balance them as well. So remember, we don't want that vast energy to be too excessive. So it's always good to have a rest if you need to then. Um, and then we get to the uh, evening kind of time, uh, which this heavy kappa energy comes in again. Um, and this is very supportive of winding down. So a lot of people I work with, they um, if they have if they have an evening routine, they might start doing it just before they go to bed. But what I'd recommend is to start winding down earlier. So this could be. Then I think this is beneficial for all of us, especially in winter. So when the sun sets. Um, start to slow down a little bit um so you could have like a ritual that separates the day from like the evening to give yourself time to relax because otherwise a lot of the time we're trying to cram in these relaxing things two seconds before we want to go to sleep so allowing that heavy energy to support you to relax and having a lighter easy to digest uh, evening meal and then from 10 o'clock onwards really we um should be asleep because that pitta energy comes in again and rather than supporting digesting food, that pit energy supports us digesting emotions and experiences throughout the day through, through dreaming and our cells repairing and things like that. Uh, cool. Yeah. So with regards to winter, um, which is fast approaching, <laughs> which feels yeah. like it has just happened in an instant, um, how... Um, yeah, tell us about winter in terms of Ayurveda and how we can really support ourselves through winter. Yeah, okay. So winter is governed by the doshas Vata and Kappa. So we, it, the beginning of winter has that kind of airy lightness, uh, irregularity. It's a time of change. Um, it can be quite windy. Um, the air tends to get drier. And then late winter 
that kind of heavier kappa energy moves in and we might be able to feel that i mean if 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 some people love winter and some people don't if you don't like winter you might really start to feel that oh heaviness i can't wait till the sun comes back again i'm the people the person who loves winter i'm the part of people <laughs> who likes it to be um so yeah so the yeah so these so when we know these energies we've got this balance of like being scattered and and um kind of dry skin and things like that and then we've got this heaviness coming in we need to learn how to balance them both so personally what i think is the number one thing to care for yourself in uh, winter with is mood Mm. so um our mood and our mindset directly affects our immune system our digestion and pretty much everything so some specific things um so we think winter is as opposed to summer i'll just say a couple of things about summer briefly so summer is like the peak of bright sunny yang energy in the year so it's a real scene that supports activity movement doing stuff as well pitta energy um and really extroverted activities Winter being the opposite is like the deep yin time of year. So this is a really a time of year for, I mean, again, again, this is supported by how we evolved. So we evolved to, to live differently in different seasons. Um, so we evolved in winter to be much more introverted. Um, so we wouldn't be, because there's not loads of stuff growing and abundant on trees and plants, we wouldn't be traveling long distances, foraging and, and finding things and meeting new people we would be very introverted wherever our homes were kind of eating the stuff that we had gathered in the last few months um, and really strengthening our connections to the people around us as well as ourselves. So really nourishing those close relationships. Um, And again, winter is, it is this time of this time to really support ourselves with more rest so summer we naturally are evolved to do a lot more activity to be like um moving around for long periods a day whereas winter um we are much more supported for resting so it doesn't mean you have to sit on the sofa in winter it's just about doing something so we have evolved really to do short bursts of hard activity in winter for like when people would hunt um things like that and then after that deeply rest so kind of focusing on, on what can you actively do to rest and replenish your nervous system? Because a lot of the time the problem comes when we are in this summer mode all the time. If we're always in this doing, achieving, um, eating lots of sugar, eating lots of fruit all the time, um, just this real sense of hyperness and extrovertedness. If we live in that mode all the time, we burn ourselves out literally. And then we get to the end of the year and we're like, oh, I need a rest. Um, whereas if we kind of oscillated and we shifted what we do and how we live from season to season, it doesn't mean we have to change our routines, but we just kind of pivot around mm. them. Then we are, it's much more sustainable and supports every aspect of us throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, it's, it's hard for people to do, isn't it? Because that um, that pitta energy is what society what society kind of tells us to do all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's- we don't get those kind of like time. You know, we've people have to continue to work um, 
all the time, like all through, and people are kind of still trying to maintain that level of energy, like all through winter. And it's just not really natural for us to do. So I guess yeah. it's about trying to integrate whatever you can into the lifestyle that you, you know, that we have to lead. Yes, exactly. Yes. So the key thing, like anyone well, living in this time right now is to just be realistic. So we don't need to come at this and saying, you have to change your whole life to winter. You have to go into hibernation and shut all your stuff off. Um, it'd be lovely if we could, but we can't because like you just said, so there are society values that pitter energy. Um, and so to be honest, if we want to be successful or whatever, if we want to be in this industry or in, in your work or whatever you want to do, you have to admit that, we do have to like be in that pit of mode quite a lot of the time. But like you said, if you can just look at the things in your life, that you can mm. change and then work with them. So for example, um, this might be in terms of how much you do outside of work. So changing up your exercise routine. So in summer, we're supported with those long days of sunlight to be doing lots of movement throughout the day, going for long walks, long hikes, just doing lots and lots of stuff like the sun's like it charged up our batteries in winter on top of being probably more tired maybe a bit like drained from the year um and having to do your job we don't want to put on top of that having to do lots and lots and lots of stuff throughout the day so it might be changing your exercise to like a half an hour and it, winter is all about building strength so it's about maybe like a half an hour, quite intense strength building session balanced by deep mm. rest. Um, so and choosing, maybe swapping your spin class for a yoga mm. class. So something, and it also not being afraid to make changes. It's not being afraid if you let go of something, oh, I'm going to completely change and be terrible. No, we we need these, these um, cycles and changes throughout the year. Otherwise we will get to a point we haven't got a choice. Yeah. In yeah. And that's it, isn't it? We, we get ourselves to a point where it does that's, and I, I think ultimately like going back to what we said at the beginning, that's kind of what Ayurveda is beautiful for because it is, it's supportive in helping us not get to that place rather than kind of like pushing yourself to a point where you do burn out and there is something wrong with you. It's like, how can you, um, how can you use these principles to help you not get to that place? Like how can you maintain balance yeah. within your life so that that doesn't happen to you? Um, yeah, I think it's, and I think were we saying this before we were recorded that I think we, we find these things often because we get to that point and actually it's, because I think we just carry on don't we we just carry on with life the way it is and it's like we'll be fine we'll be fine and then you get to a point where you're like okay I'm not fine <laughs> like I'm not okay like okay. something help me please and we that's when we kind of reach out to these things but if we can use use these principles and this wisdom to help us not get to that place then we're going to be better off exactly yeah so Ayurveda is like the original preventative mm -hmm. medicine sort of thing so and I think a lot of the time we get we get to that place of, of having no choice now burning up because we think it's okay. You feel a little bit stressed. Oh, sorry, everyone's stressed. Um, you feel a bit tired. Oh, it's okay, everyone's tired. You keep the what do you want to feel the way everyone else feels? Because the way I see it now, not a lot of people yeah. feel like good. <laughs> yeah. So 
so it's it's not don't uh, let yourself or don't put yourself in the place where it's okay to feel crappy yeah. all the time so expect the best for yourself and give yourself the best because I think we don't allow ourselves to feel as good as we could feel whether that's the self-worth thing for a lot of people some people are addicted to stress because it is a very um a very driving quality and maybe if you're not stressed you feel like you're not doing enough I massively resonate with that so I couldn't say these things unless I didn't do it myself so um yeah so it's it's learning that it's okay to to step out of what the mainstream norm is um because I think a lot of us can see that what is normal and what a lot of people are doing and what is expected is has nothing to do with he- helping you feel healthy yeah. and well. It has no connection to that. So if we started to focus on, okay, how can I balance doing what I need to do in the world whilst also caring for myself, then you pretend, then you do naturally prevent yourself from falling down. Yeah. The hole. Yeah. I think we, we, it is, we've become this um this world of people who do just like accept that that everybody feels like this so I, like why should I complain about it it is that thing like everyone's tired everyone's stressed everyone's got digestive issues it's fine and it's like it's not fine like nobody should have like nobody should be like this all the time like um yeah it's so interesting that we've got to that place so is are there any more like specific things um just before we kind of wrap up specific things for for this season that would help in terms of like maybe the way that we like the kind of food that we eat or anything um like anything herbal that would support us like is there anything that you really recommend yeah 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 so a few things so as I was saying earlier about um mood I think if we thought about caring for our mood the way you thought about caring for our immune system so a lot of people when it gets to autumn winter they think oh I should start taking vitamin c or whatever we do um start maybe one as we get to this time of year especially if you're the kind of person who tends to feel low in winter and things like that don't again don't wait till you feel rubbish start start now to implement these things so in terms of mood it would be again just working with nature so within half an hour of waking um we we have a spike of well cool we have a cortisol spike and cortisol is a lot of the time thought of as the stress hormone it's not just about stress it's the hormone that when it spikes in the morning it gets us to get up and get out of bed if we didn't have enough cortisol we would well there is an illness where you don't have enough cortisol um but if we didn't have enough cortisol we would just not be able to do very much so cortisol is what gets us up and out so to support ourselves having that boost of energy in the morning if we view sunlight within about half an hour of getting up, this supports that, that kind of boost of energy. Um, and if we look at sunlight, it doesn't have to be like a sunny day, just stepping outside within half an hour of getting up. Maybe you're drinking your water outside, maybe just moving around a little bit. Um, this also helps our brains release um, a dose of dopamine. So dopamine is like the motivational neurotransmitter. So it helps us to feel motivated for the day. And there's a lot of studies that show the later in the day that you see sunlight. So say you've just been hanging around your house all day, haven't gone outside and you finally go outside at lunchtime. Um, the more, the later this light happens for us, the more likely we are to feel low and depressed and things like that. So you can do, that's the first thing you can do for free. It doesn't cost anything to just see the sunlight in the morning. And having seen that sunlight in the morning will then set you up later to be able to sleep a lot better. Because the way our hormones work, um, 
and then a way you can support yourself to sleep better because sleep has a big impact on on mood and things like that and winter is a time when we perhaps need to sleep more um and I'm sure everyone's heard this by now well not everyone I'm sure most people have if you when the sun sets try to turn down the lights um and turn down the brightness of screens or even maybe not watch screens um and if you are watching screens maybe maybe use blue light blocking glasses but they don't they're not like the cure-all for everything um so if we're sitting in like a very bright room at nine o'clock at night our bodies have no choice but to think oh it must still be the middle of the day um and we, and we need um, our brains to release melatonin, which is the hormone that helps us to sleep um, in order to sleep well. And it's a very strong antioxidant melatonin. It helps our brains and our cells repair. Um, but if we don't experience darkness, this hormone doesn't come around. And so when we finally go somewhere dark, like our bedrooms, we're like, oh, why well, can't I sleep? Because your body's just gone from midday to nighttime in about yeah. a second. So getting so really simple sunlight brightness in the morning and the daytime darkness at night and if you're working inside in the day you can get like a light box a 10,000 um, lux light box um they're not very expensive i have one that'll just put it in front of me working inside and there's all going to help with mood and when we're in a better mood we tend to make better decisions about things about food and mm-hmm. things like that um so other things or a list here so i remember what i was going to say um so again this is a time for more introvertedness and closeness so don't fully have to say yes to everything so every invitation unless you want to so I know a lot of us have not seen a lot of people throughout the last whatever million years it feels like um but this is a time to really nourish your close relationships face to face so seeing physically touching family friends and then nourishing that relationship with yourself so perhaps more time for journaling meditation having this time to reflect upon actually what is it that I do want what am I in the heading in the direction that I want to go in because then when spring comes around we're then kind of emerging from hibernation again and we can go out there and, and meet new people and, and mm. stuff like that um so something that kind of links to that is winter is a very good time to do more being and less doing so again it depends on how work it is but if you have an opportunity even if it's for a week or a couple of weeks to to not be in this constant producing doing mode and to let yourself pause. Because if you, uh, a lot of people might resonate with this. If you've ever like been for a walk with no headphones in, suddenly a lot of uh, writers and artists tend to get, is suddenly ideas come up and solutions come up, like walking along, oh, I could do this, or this, I could write about this, or, oh, that's what I need to do. So when we give our brains this space to, to daydream and things like that, we become a lot more creative and able to solve problems. So, it, but, but if we're in this constant stressed out tunnel vision state, our brains don't get the opportunity. So giving yourself the downtime could be the key to you doing a lot better, bigger, brilliant stuff next year. Um, in ter- Okay, so in terms of foods, so, uh, so yeah, so seasonal stuff basically. So if we can eat seasonal foods, this has a massive beneficial effects on our digestive system so again there's there's research into that looks at uh, deer uh, in the forest and deer uh, their guts microbes shift seasonally mm. um, and so when they eat foods uh, that are out of season they have such a, a difficult time digesting that unseasonal food that they can actually die from it so if that's happening in the air so if that's happening in yeah. a mammal that no wonder we can have some digestive problems from eating non-seasonal foods so again like I said in summer 
with the amount of sunlight and vitamin D we get, um, when our bodies are much more supported to eat fruits and sugary things because it just it kind of gets burned up. But in the winter, with less sunlight um, and just the maybe shifting the way you're moving and stuff like that, we're much more supported to have um, fats and proteins um, uh, and more and less sugary things. So we would switch to having like root vegetables, um, those um, quite uh, kale yeah. and things like kind of sturdy greens and things like that. Um, anything and again this is where I feel like what well, it feels kind of silly saying because it's yeah. obvious because yeah. when you're, you're going to get winter, we start to crave these yeah. things anyway and if you look at a cookbook the winter recipes are all this stuff anyway um you think of people wanting to have more roast dinners and stuff in the winter there's those are yeah. all the things um so yeah so it's root vegetables it's fats and proteins but I personally do eat meat so it would be like a time of year to have more meats but if other people don't it would be the time to have more um vegetable sources of protein like beans mm. and lentils and things um and kind of hearty meals like broths and mm-hmm. soups and stews and, and things like that so it's a time to get your slow cooker out yeah. in the big pots and stuff um Yes, it's like, and um, I never used to be a person that liked that. I always hated like one pot yeah. meals and stuff. But my partner, he he loves a one pot meal. <laughs> He's the king of one. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of that. Now. Um, so yeah, so and in terms of herbs and things like that. So if we think that uh, th- if so, Ayurveda looks to balance whatever energies are most abundant. Bring balance to that by bringing in the opposite. So that's a key Ayurvedic thing. Um, like increases like, and opposite brings balance. So in winter when it's cold, um, and we might be feeling a little bit um, cold, maybe a bit heavy, we want to bring in warming, stimulating spices. So things that really support our digestion and that warm us up and help us actually absorb nutrients from food and break down um, food. So things like cinnamon, and these are, again, yeah. again, these are classic Christmas yeah. spices. Um, so cinnamon, uh, it has these qualities of sweetness um, and it's warming, it's very good for balancing blood sugar. It's really good um, cinnamon uh ginger again it's warming it's pungent and very very good for digestion um clove as well so adding that to things uh, all the christmas ones star yeah. anise um black pepper very very good again really good for digestion um and then other things uh, like nettle seed so at the moment all the nettles are kind of going all the female nettles are going to seed basically they've got the they're really beautiful they've got these like like tassels of seeds hanging off of them um and the, the seeds are very really high in omega-3 fats. They're very nourishing. And they're also very good for our adrenals. And when we get to this time of year, if you're feeling a little bit uh, burnt out or fatigued, our, your adrenals probably need some help. So nettle seed is fantastic. And you can just pick them and rub them together in your hands a bit to get the sting off um, and then eat them. But not the leaves this time of year, the, the leaves more in spring, but the seed is good. Um, and then in terms of like Ayurvedic um, herbs, one um, really good adaptogen, if you're feeling a bit um, like you need some grounding and some help and some energy would be maybe ashwagandha. So ashwagandha is like a really classic Ayurvedic herb. It's becoming lots more popular now. Um, it's an adaptogen. So it helps us adapt to stresses and to become more resilient and also to recover from stresses as well. So a lot of people find when they start taking ashwagandha, they they just feel a lot more able to handle stuff. Um, and it, we, you wouldn't take it for like forever. You would have it maybe for like a couple of weeks or a month and then have a break from it. So that sort of thing. Um, and then, oh, one other thing, maybe uh, salt. So salt gets really demonized, but um, salt is very good for uh, 
it gives us electrolytes, it builds our electrolyte levels. And if you ever feel like tired, fatigued, or a bit dizzy or something, there's a, maybe your electrolytes are a bit low. Um, and they also really help with um, anxiety. So you're very ang- anxious and stressed, then salt is very grounding. So adding really good quality salt to your meals. And it also prevents like sugar cravings um, if you have enough salt as well. Yes, so that's that kind of thing. So again, really uh, intuitive yeah. stuff. Put on your big stew. Yeah, I think that. that that just is such an example of how we we already know this stuff. Like, and there's a reason for it. Like, we know, like you say, like those things that we instinctually want to eat. Instinctually, instinctively, I got. <laughs> I think I got that word wrong. Then, yeah. um, want to eat at this time of year, um, and even like I've actually got a christmas essential oil that someone got me as a gift last year and i've just been looking at it and it's literally got all of those um like it's it 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 is that it's like clove cinnamon um they're things that we naturally know um amazing that's so helpful so i know that i can't keep you for much longer even though we could probably talk about this for so much more um so do you want to tell people like where they can find you I know that you are like super busy and you have like workshops all the time and just have you know so much stuff to share so do you want to share with people how they can um find you work with you yeah sure um so uh my it's all quite the the same word so it's quite easy so my my website is emmanewlinyoga.com um, I'm Newlyn, spelled N-E-W-L-Y-N, like the place in Cornwall. Um, and my Instagram is Emma Newlyn Yoga, and same on Facebook as well. So there's loads of information. So they've got like um, I run like modern Ayurveda courses. So like we've been talking about, it's combining this Ayurvedic knowledge with lots of other stuff, um, and and also modern kind of research to help ourselves and people in this modern time as much as possible. Um, so they're online and some in-person workshops and and retreats and stuff next year so yeah lots of stuff to come and And you write um you said this at the beginning and I'll link all of this as well because you write for a couple of um different blogs don't you yes yeah so so especially regarding winter stuff so there's going to be some blogs coming out on eckhartyoga.com um and I they're the people who are Esther Eckhart who's the first person person did my teach training with first of all age ago it's good um so they will have a blog coming out from me soon with winter well-being um and yoga mats as well so loads of my stuff on there um and lots of look if you just google there's lots of seasonal blogs amazing thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom it's been lovely to chat to you thank you for having me it's a pleasure